Welcome to the Conversations with Jesus podcast. I'm Johnny Lehman, a baptized man of God who has the amazing blessings of being a husband, father, and the pastor at Divine Savior Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. This podcast is designed to bring you the self-sacrificing love of Jesus found in the Bible through 15 to 20 minute episodes that focus on relevant life issues and what God has to say about them. Check out our website, DivineSaviorChurch.com, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages if you'd like to find out more about the incredible things that God is doing through our church family. I think it's safe to say the world we live in loves to live in darkness. Maybe you've heard this expression thrown around, what people do behind closed doors should be up to them. Which is why such a thought leads many people in our world to think that all kinds of alternative expressions of gender and sexuality should be permitted. But the God who loves us created us a certain way to glorify him. And his word is very clear on how he wants us to live. To live in his light, not in the darkness. As we shine his light into the world, oftentimes the world isn't going to want to hear it. They'll say God's word is backward and outdated and bigoted, that it's unloving or unsupporting. But here's the truth. God's way of living is the only way that is truly selfless and actually truly loving. So in today's conversation, we're going to see how God has given us this amazing gift to show the world the beauty of his way. That we get to show the world what true, lasting, meaningful, real love is. And it's through this amazing gift that we have to witness to his light that we get to honor him and live out this great hope that he has given to us. And that's really going to be the main focus of this week's podcast. This past week, I attended a conference focused on how to give spiritual counseling to someone struggling with addiction. Over a couple of days, we talked through substance addictions, porn addictions, social media addictions, all with their own complexities, and then one that I hadn't really thought deeply about before, video game addictions. In fact, one of the most popular genres of online gaming are these avatar-created universes, Games like The Sims or Second Life where people can create virtual versions of themselves and essentially live another life. In these various role-playing games, you can build houses, get married, have kids, create the life you wish you had. It shows a threat of humanity that you find not only in video game addictions, but in every addiction, not even that, This threat of humanity is in the entirety of life experience. And that threat is this. There's a double life dynamic going on. We as people are often skilled in publicly presenting ourselves far differently than how we feel in private. On the outside, we can make things seem great or at least stable, even when on the inside, that inner darkness can be too overwhelming to cope with. Maybe you know that experience all too well. 
there's something dark in your life that you've been seeking to keep behind closed doors, willing to live a double life because you're terrified of being exposed. I think it's especially relevant that we're having this conversation on Father's Day. We thank God for the men in our lives that first and foremost brought us closer to Jesus. And secondly, who built us up, who mentored us, encouraged us. But maybe for you, it's painful how your dad lived a double life. How he acted in public and how he acted behind closed doors. Why is it that we avoid exposure even to the point of trying to be two different versions of ourselves? I'm convinced it's because Satan doesn't want you to experience fully what being a child of God's light is all about. Could it be that exposure is one of the greatest gifts God could give you? It's a scary thing to think about. Unlike any other time in history or society, through technology, we are able to essentially create multiple versions of ourselves. You can have your in-person persona. You can have multiple online personas. Why do you think millions of people across the world are seeking this second, third, fourth, and fifth life? Because sometimes it's easier to live an imagined, unreal life than to face the reality confronting you every day. One of Satan's most lethal lies is that you can live simultaneously as a child of God's light and as a child who can hide the darkness of sin within. But look at how Paul exposes that lie. He says, have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness here in Ephesians 5, but rather expose them. Why are we so terrified to expose the sin we are addicted to or weakened by or even controlled by? Because oftentimes we forget who our Heavenly Father is. We forget who our Heavenly Father is, not in that we forget He exists, but we forget the kind of Father He is. We're so tempted to fall in line with how our American culture looks at darkness. Tell me if either of these two phrases sounds a little too familiar. A phrase like, well, if it happens behind closed doors, not a big deal. Or how you choose to live your life, your sexuality, your urges, as long as it doesn't affect anyone else, why not? The problem with both of those assumptions, especially the last one, no matter what you do in life, no matter if it's good, no matter if it's bad, Darkness and light always affects, for sure, two people. Jesus and yourself. There is no such thing as living in a way that doesn't affect somebody else or anybody else. It affects you and it affects your God. But in our sin, we are so skilled in justifying our personal struggle with darkness. Now, I'm, I'm going to hit close to home here and tell me if... Maybe these just make you a little uncomfortable. And I realize I'm telling you to tell me that over a podcast. So please text me, call me, email me. But seriously, have you heard these phrases or maybe thought of them yourself? Phrases like, I know doing this is wrong, but without it, things would be so much worse. Or I can't talk to anyone about this, especially no one at church. They'd judge me. Or if I would actually confront my struggle, I don't know if I could keep it together. Long story short, exposing darkness is scary. It's scary because being fully known 
it means you can no longer escape reality. Author Wendy Mahill, she wrote a book called Growing a Passionate Heart. It's a Christ-centered curriculum designed especially for women who went through childhood abuse. And she sums up this fear of our darkness being exposed so well. Why are we so afraid of people finding out of the things we struggle with? She writes this, when we are driven by shame, we don't just fear losing a relationship, but we live in terror that if we let anyone really get to know us, we would never be desired, pursued, or loved. In us, that fear can be worked out in the development of unhealthy denial, workaholism, perfectionism, chameleon-type behavior, and sadly, even revictimization. When we live in denial or present a false self out of fear, we will do anything to be accepted by people. There's a lot of truth to what she wrote. We are so often willing so often willing as people to live a double life rather than let people into who we truly are. But of course, we can't hide anything from God. God's light sees everything. He knows you. And at first, this is terrifying to consider. Think about how the God who made you, the God you will stand before one day after death is perfect and his morality is impeccable. I look at this catalog of darkness that Paul gives here in Ephesians 5, and I I can feel God's light breaking through all my fronts to hide my sin. Who on this planet has never had a hint of sexual morality, of greed, of dirty jokes, of too much drinking, or of gossiping? It's a scary thing to stand bare before the all-powerful and perfectly just God. We expect to be treated as a child of darkness. We see our exposure as our end. But here's the hang-up with that. Your Heavenly Father doesn't see you that way. Not anymore. Listen to what your Father in Heaven says to you. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. You aren't darkness anymore. God sees you as a dearly loved child. He doesn't intend to shine his word into your life to burn you. But through that exposure, you know what he seeks to do? He seeks to heal you. There's no purer form of love than what your heavenly father has for you. As your sins are laid bare before him, no place to hide, no second life to live, he doesn't slam the door of heaven in your face. No. Instead, as the strong and compassionate father he is, through the Bible, it's as if he pulls you into the tightest hug and says, I forgive you. I'm not going to banish you. This darkness is painful and exposing it even more so, but trust me, the light of my grace will... A lot of my grace has given you a new identity, a baptized and loved child of God. Before, we thought of exposure as being this thing we want to avoid and hide from. And yeah, being exposed before God is scary. But his love for you, it's even scarier in a good way. It's so scary because not one little bit of sin, there is no power of Satan, sin, and death that can touch God's scary, amazing love for you. There is no sin so dirty, so wrong, so unnatural that God cannot forgive through Jesus. His fatherly heart longs to gather every person he knit together so they can know a father who's approachable, powerful, and who loves them to their core. 
We thank God for the fathers and the mentors and the male role models in our lives that reflected that love of our Heavenly Father. And yet, as we look at our world today, especially our country, how different our Father is compared to what we see in so many families today. And maybe such a story is personal for you. A couple years ago, I was doing some canvassing in a trailer park community, and I found Sean sitting on the front step. I'd never met Sean before until this conversation. I, I walked up to him, terrified, because <laughs> I had no idea what to say. I tried to make an awkward attempt at small talk, which, by the way, awkward small talk is kind of my specialty. <laughs> but after I somehow managed to spit out some words about the weather, we finally got talking. And after about an hour, he started talking about his dad the binge drinking, the yelling. And he stared down at the ground and he said, that's why I can't pray the Lord's Prayer. Thinking of God as my father feels so wrong. Tragic, right? For better or for worse, our dads do color our perception of God as our father. But not even the greatest father in the world can contend with the love your heavenly father has for you. He really is unashamed in his love for you. Nothing about you embarrasses him. He is willing to love you as you need to be loved, even at personal cost. After all, he sent his son Jesus to be that offering and that sacrifice so God could lead you through not just this life, but the next one too. When we think about God's light, how it surrounds us, forgives us, leads us, we want to do what many little children across the world have said, I want to be just like dad. Forget monkey see, monkey do. Kids are by far the best imitators on the planet. From little on, we mimic our parents or our caregivers. We speak how they speak. We want to be just like them. As children of God, who love our Heavenly Father dearly, we cannot help but want to do what Paul encourages us to do. Right at the beginning of Ephesians chapter 5, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. Think about how this faith-driven goal to imitate God is the most amazing life purpose and mission on the planet. By faith, you want to love like God. You want to love the people around you in your life so they can see the unique and powerful light of God that overcomes all darkness. And how is that darkness overcome? Well, for sure, grace, right? But you know the answer even more personally. The darkness is overcome by the loving exposing of God's light. Being an exposing light of God is how God's powerful love is seen in our world, overshadowed by darkness. Full disclosure, my heart breaks every time I see a video of a pride parade or an LGBTQ plus protest. I look into the faces of people trying to live a double life, trying to find answers to the darkness that wrecks them inside, a darkness that has destroyed the marvelous concept of gender and sexuality that God himself designed, men and women walking together in the light of their God. And I look into the faces of people who are so confused about who they are. People 
who have this gender dysphoria, this struggle with identity that studies have found to be far more likely to take their own life. People who need the light of God to expose this darkness. And then it hits close to home. Who are the people to do that? It's us. It's you. It's me. We need to be the loving, exposing light of God in our community is so struggling in so many different shades of darkness. Even closer to home, the friends we see at the game, the concert, the dinner party, who are trying to live a double life of being the life of the party or the workaholic, chasing more darkness to find answers to confusion and fear about where they're going in life. And then we walk into the lives of our family members, many of whom are people who are also grasping in darkness, trying to figure out the struggles they have and how they can overcome them. And we get to be that exposing light. We get to shine the light of God's word into their lives. And yes, I am not, I will be the first to admit that such exposure is really hard to talk about. They may lash out. They may call you judgmental and hypocritical or unloving or simple-minded, but remember, remember why we're called to expose just as God exposed us out of love for us and exposed our sin with the intent to love, heal, forgive, and restore, so too do we follow his lead and by faith. We don't want to waste a second. I mean, look at the urgency Paul gives us as we seek to be the exposing and healing light of God. He says, make the most of every opportunity. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you've ever seen the classic movie, The Dead Poet Society by Robin Williams, that's kind of the thought Paul's getting across here. He's seriously saying, carpe diem, seize the day. Don't waste any opportunities. God has placed before you and before me opportunities to bring his light into the life of the people around us. And look at the content that Paul encourages us to have. The content of these conversations, they're songs of thanksgiving. That when you talk to somebody about what life is all about, you want to talk to them about what God has done in your life. Giving thanks to God the Father for everything, which is kind of an all-inclusive thing, right? Even thanking him for, yes, adversity. Even thanking him for moments of trial. Even thanking him for difficulty. But, okay, what does that really sound like? How do you have a conversation with somebody where the content is only psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs? Maybe for the type of person who lives life like it's a musical and you break into song randomly all over the place. If that's you, (laughs) then have at it, sing with all you got. But just in the case that you're not that type of a break into song type of person, starting an exposing and healing light of God conversation can sound a little like this. If somebody asks you, how do you get through life? How do you get through the challenges? How do you get through those dark moments? You can say, I don't know where I'd be without God. He has shown me what life is all about. I can't live without him. And I kid you not, that one little phrase, that one little paragraph will bring the questions pouring in. When God's light is shown, hope bursts through and people recognize that. As a child of God, you know the light of hope. You know the Father who loves you. A father who longs for only what's best for you. And as I was thinking about how amazing it is that God is our father, it made me think of a story. A story I read once about the philosopher Soren Kierkegaard's life. 
he was a young man at the time and he was convinced obviously a very brilliant man convinced that philosophy was wrong and that he was smart enough to find his own light in life well he happened to be at a cemetery for a funeral for an extended family member and as he turned to leave the graveside he heard the voice of a grandfather a little bit across the cemetery it wasn't the same family this was a different funeral different committal going on and this grandfather was speaking to his grandson who had just lost his father grandfather's son see the boy's father had never wanted anything to do with jesus but his grandfather was a christian he knelt down beside his grandson who was on his knees and he pulled him close and he said promise me you'll never walk away from jesus It's that amazing approachability, that pulling us in. It's exactly how your Heavenly Father approaches you through His Word. He brings His light into your darkness. Except there's one difference here. Instead of asking you to promise that you'll never walk into the dark without Him, He says, don't worry, I promise I'll always be there. And He will be. You're His child of light, fully known and fully loved, and your Heavenly Father will never let you forget it. Amen. I pray that you have an absolutely blessed Father's Day as we reflect on how neat it is that God is our Father who loves us with a compassion that can't be put into words. I'm so thankful for you. I pray for you each day, even though many of you I've never had the chance to meet. One day I will, whether it's here on earth or one day in our heavenly home. But just thank you for supporting this podcast by listening to it. We have listeners literally from all over the world. And it's a powerful thing to know that God's light is going out through you as you get to live as a known and loved child of God. God's richest blessings as you live for him now and always.